Hi, this is Steve Bose, and you are listening to HR Market Watch, covering the emerging HR technology space with a focus on innovative new technology companies and solutions with host George LaRock on the HR Happy Hour Podcast Network. This episode on the HR Happy Hour Network is made possible by WorkHuman, helping businesses energize cultures, drive performance, and unite workforces by creating human moments that matter. Visit www.workhuman.com. Remember to subscribe to HR Market Watch and all the HR Happy Hour Network shows wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. From HR Wins, this is George LaRock, and you're listening to another HR Market Watch Future Work Podcast. Hello, everybody. It's George LaRock from HR Wins. Thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time today here on the HR Market Watch podcast. These are challenging times in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis, and I'm grateful that you've chosen to spend some of your time here with me. Now, when I set out to record the interview for today's podcast, I knew it would be interesting because I've known the guest, Larry Donovan, the CEO of Namely. I've known him for years. But I didn't realize how special an episode this would be. Um, I have a lot of conversations with CEOs of HR technology firms, and this is one of the most transparent conversations I've had with a CEO of an HR tech scale-up. I I should say... um, the most transparent conversation that I've been able to record. Normally, conversations like the one that you'll hear today um, aren't the ones I get to put on the podcast. Um, So Namely is an HRIS and payroll provider who serves the middle market. And in this case, that means companies with anywhere from 100 employees to 5,000 employees. That's the market segment they focus on. Uh, Namely is not a current client of mine, but I worked with Namely for years. They sponsored HR Wins Research and numerous reports. They also leaned on me over the years as an advisor to help them better understand their customer and the market landscape. But they haven't been a customer for a while. They're not, I'm not currently working with Namely. Now, Larry joined Namely about a year ago, and anyone who's been in the industry a while probably knows Larry. He led global HCM product at Lawson through their growth and ultimately their exit and acquisition. He was the chief revenue officer at Ceridian um, right after the Dayforce acquisition and led their hyper growth that carried them through to IPO. Um, he uh, is the chairman at Think HR and was previously the interim CEO through their merge with Mammoth HR. Um, They're probably the leading compliance content, HR content provider that works across um, HR platforms, providing content and insight. Um, And I believe Larry still sits on the board there. Uh, So Larry's an icon, an industry icon. And he knew getting onto the podcast that I wanted to talk about the challenges of leading a scale up or any company through the COVID-19 crisis. Um, Now, you know, Namely has had to make some difficult decisions, like all companies that were in the midst of rapid growth when the coronavirus put the brakes on the economy. Um, Cloud-based HR software is largely priced in a subscription model that's based on the number of employees a customer has during the life of a contract. So when your customers are laying people off, 
um, and they have a they have a smaller number of not just users but employees. Uh, it's a difficult position to navigate, as you can imagine. And that's not unique to Namely, that's across the industry. Um, And we all know that the middle market, this, again, the segment that Namely focuses on was walloped and continues to be walloped by COVID-19. So HR tech providers were put in the same difficult position as their customers, making difficult decisions about financials, about the people they can afford to keep, and about the company, its product, its future. So Larry came to the podcast with an incredible amount of transparency um, about leading a high growth company like Namely through a challenging time like this and the kind of advice he has for CEOs regardless of the industry. Um, And as I've learned, as Larry does, uh, in a very thoughtful and gracious way. Um, I really appreciate that he brought that to the conversation and to the podcast for all of you today. And so without further ado, I'm just going to shift gears right into the interview with Larry Donovan, CEO of Namely. Larry Donovan is the CEO of Namely. More than that, he's an industry icon. Um, Larry has held C-suite and executive positions at Lawson, Ceridian, Think HR, and now as CEO of Namely. Uh, Namely is the middle market HRIS and payroll provider out of New York City uh, that many of you are familiar with. Uh, but Larry's there now as CEO, so expect big things. And but most of all, he's a he's a great person, and we're lucky to have him in the industry. And I'm really happy to have him on the podcast. Welcome, Larry. Oh, thanks, Troy. I appreciate it for the kind words. Oh, sure. Well, I could say more, but um, but <laughs> you know we've got other things to talk about. Did, did I leave anything out? Was there anything that um, you'd want folks to know about you or about Namely? Now you just pretty much confirmed that I'm old and been around forever. <laughs> well, you you I would say you've been kept around forever because you've there you um, go. I mean, you've you know you took. Um, you know, Lawson through, um, you know, acquisition and exit. And you took, uh, uh, you were there running, uh, you know, CRO at, at Ceridian, you know, really responsible for all of the growth that pushed to IPO. Um, the Think HR transaction um, as interim CEO. I mean, it's just, you know, you've got a track record that's um, so impressive. And, um, you know, so I would say you've, you're probably going to be around a while longer because we there aren't enough enough people with that kind of experience. Um, but hey, let's dig in on Namely a little bit. Um, you know, I, I right now the world that we're in, I can't avoid you know talking a little bit about this COVID nineteen crisis. It's just you know wreaking havoc everywhere. There's a lot of confusion everywhere. How, how's Namely doing through all of this? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very, very timely and important. Uh, you know, it's it's been an interesting uh, journey, um, one with you know lots of challenges. There, there's nobody in our space that isn't dealing with three fundamental issues, which is, you know, how do you predict what's going to happen in the market uh, over the next, let's say, 12 months? Although at the moment, you know, we're, we're working hard to even look at you know 12 days. Um, and then as you, as you think about that, are customers buying? Um, are, they, are the projects that were out there and being contemplated still active? Um, how and, and, for, and, and when, uh, when will they have some real life? 
Um, the second one and the most critical one at the moment is, uh, you know, just how fast are our customers uh, changing the number of people that they're paying? Because as a provider of subscription-based solutions, that's at varying levels, um, you know, customers, when they stop paying people, also stop paying us. So there is an immediate and real impact on revenue. Some of us, like mainly have minimums in some of our contracts, uh, but it's pretty hard when somebody calls you and says, hey, uh, I have a contract for 500 employees, but I'm currently paying 15 of them. You know, right. can you cut me some slack? Uh, and if you want a relationship with that customer when it gets better, you don't, you don't say, sure, uh, you know, you owe us for 500, even though there's 16 people, uh, and as well as the customers that just are free to do that. Um, and so we're really, you know, we've had to work hard to assess that. And then lastly, you know, especially for a company like Namely that serves the SMB space, how many of those companies are gone forever? Uh, now, we're not quite as dependent on the customers kind of under 50 employees that some other companies are, uh, but we have our share. And um, some of those businesses are just going to be like, I'm done. And, I'm, and they're not going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's um, incredibly you know, transparent of, you know, to share that. And, and you're right. I, I'm talking to your uh, peers, you know, daily and, um, and those are the issues every, everybody's dealing with. And, and in HR technology, uh, much of the model is based on um, employees and lives under management or, you know, depending on the product, you know, bands or in the case of payroll, the exact number. So um uh, so you figured all that out then? <laughs> well, yeah. well, and I think what's interesting, and then I'll tell you how we figured it out. What's interesting is you, you listen to the handful of companies now that have done earnings calls since the pandemic, and every single one of them has withdrawn guidance, which means they don't want to tell you anything, and right. they're going to get a chance to not have to do it. Um, but frankly, that's a veiled way of saying these, these impacts are significant. So, you know, what we did was we took a very conservative view of the world. Um, we asked really hard questions about how much and how fast uh, we'd be impacted by this. Um, and then we had to ask really hard questions about how we wanted to run the business going forward. I, I've been at the company just short of a year. Um, you know, as you know, Namely was a fast growing startup, growing at all costs, uh, very successfully, I might add. Uh, and, and part of why the board invited me to join the company was not only to continue that growth, but to mature it, uh, you know, so we could absorb that growth effectively, uh, which is also an inevitable challenge that a company has when it grows like that. Uh, you know, and as part of that work, uh, we have had some really important initiatives in place we wanted to protect. Uh, and when revenue starts to degrade at, at a pace you just can't predict, of course, as a, as a venture funded company, we also had to be very conscientious of our cash burn and 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 making absolutely sure that we could stay, um, you know, rock solid viable through this. So the choice we made, um, not everyone's making this choice. The choice we made was to kind of retrench from the from the market for a bit, shrunk our marketing spend, shrunk our sales investments, uh, in order to protect our investments in um, customer support and product development. And you know, so to, and as well as um, you know, force the company to be more mature. Um, around uh, the financials in general, uh, you know, because in a you know in a, in a investment climate and a world like this, you know, you can't take anything for granted. So, you know, the 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 great news is that we've gotten this business under a much more conservative set of assumptions, um, completely in control of our destiny, 
unfortunately, the price of that was that we had to say goodbye to too many of our employees, right. um, about 100 of them. And that, that hurt the most. Um, you know, but I think as a leader, uh, especially when I talk to customers, for sure, when I talk to the employees that remain, you know, you have to be able to do that um, with an authenticity that you believe what's going to happen. You can't just wait for it to happen. And, um, you know, the great news for Namely, uh, I've shared this with a number of customers, uh, is that, you know, we control our destiny. We don't, we're not going to, we're not going to, nor do we need to take any investment based on the adjustments we made um, for, for more than 18 months. Um, so we can all hope long enough for the world to kind of re restabilize. Um, and, and, and in doing so, still continue those investments in products and service that we think are super important to both maintaining our customer satisfaction and, and, and keeping our business um, competitive, you know, whether we're in a more muted sales and marketing environment for the moment or when, as we plan to do in the first quarter of next year, ramp it back up. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned something that really resonates with me and um, uh, in, in the context of Namely, but it's really the whole market. You said, you know, growth at all costs. And, and that's really how um, the market has, you know, vendors have managed, how the market's managed itself. Um, and that, you know, there, there used to be a day, I, I remember, uh, when we, you know, we used to, uh, things were more conservative from a capital perspective. Um, and, uh, that really changed, and it's. Uh, do, do you think that? Do you think that we're going to? The market will emerge in a more conservative place now, or do, do you think we'll? Once we get through this, it'll be um, just a period of of reentry, and then back to you know sort of drunken spending on. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> a super super interesting question, um, and, and here's what's special about this, and you know this as well as many other people. The, the investment community is drunk in love with our space. Right, right. Um, and that's because it's good, right? I mean, that's not, to, that's not intended to sound judgmental at all. Um, and, but the, the, with the amount of dry powder, the amount of money that's sitting on the sidelines and the level of interest in the space, there's still as much, as much energy and enthusiasm as there was. It's just all kind of you know, been muted down um, to a different level based upon the current circumstances, which are also, by the way, extraordinarily difficult to contemplate because who knows anything about what companies and are worth at the moment. Um, you know, so what I am finding is that there is just as much energy around it. Just nobody knows like what the mechanics should look like. Um, and, uh, and I think that will remain. And, you know, if it, you, you know of, as well as many people about the way and the ease with which Namely raised money for many years. Um, and I think under the right circumstances, under the right scenarios, there's still versions of that that are alive and well in our space. Um, you know, it, it, as I've talked to lots of people, there's, you know, there's, there's tons of interest that continues, just more hesitancy to, to jump in with both. Right, right. I would agree with that. You know, I have been surprised. Um, I, I track as much of the investments uh, as possible. Um, and you know, I've been expecting, um, you know, things have slowed down just a little bit. Uh, and I've been expecting more now, you know, a lot of the deals that get announced now, they were worked on for months sure. before this happened. But at the same time, there've been a few that, that happened post COVID, right? Uh, so it's, yep. it's, uh, it's, it's confusing to watch, uh, because you, uh, it's, it's just, um, you know, you're right, there is capital, 
uh, and it's a mixed bag, right? You've got uh, you know companies that are serving the the part of the um, economy where you've got a lot of essential um, employers that are they're they're drowning in you know hiring, they're drowning in reacting to this crisis. They're you know moving people to remote while they have a, a big part of the workforce on the front line that that can't work remote, um, and, and and at the same time you've got you know tech vendors that are supporting uh, some of that, but largely folks that um, are just they're just stuck until things open up again. So it's it's just uh, it's a mixed bag. You can't really look at it through one lens. Um, and I, I think you'll, uh, you know, the, I always come back to um, how the how you're managed financially and who's who's leading. And you know, I think your um, the kinds of difficult decisions that you've had to make, um, you know, everybody's had to make them. And uh, it's good to hear you say that you've got you know 18 months of runway, uh, and that speaks to your know, maturity level and, and knowing the understanding the market. Um, how, how's it how's it impacting things like your uh, your customers that are I, I know namely can be an optional you know benefits provider um, and you know uh, you provide uh, also some managed services and services to your mm-hmm. customer base. I, I would imagine it's there's just a lot of confusion around uh, you know the. Thing, like, you know, furloughs and everything. I'm wondering, you know, what's, what's happening there? If you, yeah. what are you seeing? Interestingly, well, you know, one, one positive uh, aspect of, of what's gone on is we've, in, we've signed several just in the last three weeks, uh, customers up for our managed services, because what's happening is they're looking at the universe. They're, they're dramatically reducing headcount in, overhead and all of a sudden you know they've got they maybe had three and now they have one person in hr and realize you know i can't get this work done and so we've we've had a number of customers come to us and say hey can you take this over and what we've agreed to do is you know we've agreed to do that on a transitional basis you know we're not getting super worked up about contracts except the length long enough to just get it onboarded and manage it and then we're taking on that work for customers especially in payroll um, you know, you got to, it has to get done. And, you know, in a, in a world of limited resources, we're definitely seeing interest in that. So we're, we're thankful that we have that to offer to customers. And it's, it's, it's been helpful in a number of cases. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to happen in a wholesale fashion. Um, but, but it, there's definitely, it's definitely a benefit. And, and as well as the fact that, you know, you look at, look at some of the stuff with COVID. I mean, you know, every company is going to want to, test the you're you're going to get tested by your customers based on your responses to that stuff and i was extremely proud of our team um you know we had we had partnered with think hr late last year to offer some of their general services and along with that we got a hundred percent of our customers for no charge access to their um compliance database which has you know been turning the world on its side with the quality and dimensions of that content but more importantly um, we combine that with, you know, a really aggressive jump into saying, what do customers need right now? And, you know, I, I'm in California. I'm a New York, based on New York company. I was, I was on a call at 630 every morning for three weeks. And all we were talking about was what do they need? You know, PPP being a great example. How can we create the least amount of friction to get customers what they need? 
Um, how can we advise them um, sensibly about what direction to go without giving them advice that would, you know, you know, jeopardize the balance of that relationship uh, appropriately. And, and I think here's the other thing that's been really terrific. Um, customers are just, have, 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 are, are giving vendors kind of a, a, a wipe clean, you know, um, everybody is more empathetic and everybody is more sensitive. And so I've certainly noticed that, that, that it is a great opportunity um, to approve or, or advance um, relationships with customers because everybody's just more forgiving. And so you do a great job now and frankly, they're going to, they're going to remember it more than what was frustrating them before it happened. Right. Right. Well, that's, you know, you mentioned how um, yeah, your approach with customers that are, are facing this, um, you know, in a drastic way. Um, and you're right. It's remembered. It's, it's going to become a part of your brand. Um, and as, as things do change, uh, they, they're going to remember how they were treated. And that's, um, that's important. I think that's a, that's a lesson everybody need, needs to learn. Um, did, have any of your customers have, have, this furlough thing is, um, is it's, it's, you know, it's not a word that was foreign to me, but um, it, 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 in no downturn has it ever been used so much. And, and maybe that's because of the, the physical distancing that's happening here. Um, but when, when did that become a thing, Larry? And, and have any of your customers implemented a furlough versus a reduction in force? Yeah. Well, I think my personal belief on furloughs is it was, uh, it was a great way to, to kind of, uh, spins too strong a word, to rationalize everyone's expectation that we're going to get a V-shaped recovery, uh, right? Because okay. if I furlough people because I know it's only going to last for eight or 10 weeks, no big deal, you know? Right. Um, it's you temporary. Know, or you, yeah. Right. It's temporary. And, you know, we made the hard choice not to do very many furloughs because, you know, because by the way, here's the other thing about that. If you're laying people off, you're paying them severance. If you're furloughing them, you're, you're not paying them, you're keeping them on benefits in most cases. So that employee actually could arguably be worse off because they don't get the benefit of that severance payment, but they don't get paid either. Yes, yeah, sure, sure. They stay on benefits and that's valuable. Um, you know, but, but, you know, that's kind of a tricky one, um, you know, and, and we just, we didn't, we didn't want to use that as a way to kind of, you know, defer severance on the hope that this thing was going to get better fast. Now, you look at other industries, though, and furloughs make perfect sense. Hmm. Um, you know, the, 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 the place is closed, and it's going to reopen, and keeping people on benefits, that being the major difference between someone who's active and getting paid and someone who's on furlough. Um, is a is a really good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, furloughs don't help you much because the other thing you got to be really cautious about. Lots of companies are having to struggle with this, or the obligations under the Warren Acts in various states. You know, the federal has guidelines. Yeah. You know, for notifications, um, states like New York have a 90-day notification period. Got to be really careful about that too. Furloughs don't really help you because they count against you in that regard. But um, yeah, so it's all it's it, 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 it's tricky. But really, what it's about is, you know. I'm hoping that I can bring you back quickly with no, with, without the kind of long-term interruption that a layoff suggests. Here's hope. Right. So, so it, I'm guessing um, based on your response that given, you know, where you focus in the middle market, there wasn't a lot of furlough. Um, 
that, that came my way to deal with as a as the benefits and payroll provider? Yeah, you know, we saw certainly we saw some. Yeah. Um, you know, like if you take, we had a customer that uh, ran a, a has a chain of exercise studios. The day before they closed, they had 500 employees. The day after, they had 16. Um, now, what they did in our system, I honestly don't know whether they changed their status to furloughed or not. Those were probably mostly non-benefits eligible people. So that that being the important distinction with a furlough, but probably technically those people were furloughed. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're an hourly employee. <laughs> furlough does not really help you unless they're continuing your benefits and, and we know how many of those people don't aren't eligible in the first place right right yeah that makes that makes sense so um you know you mentioned that you were you know with namely you were you know protecting some of the uh investment made and 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 continuing to focus around product and and uh service um, is there anything there that's that's worth noting? Anything um, uh, happening uh, in product that uh, you think is is notable? Yeah, you know I'll, I'll, what we're really focused on right now um, at, at the at the broader level is all of those things that can help our customers be more successful. So job number one is where we, we do we do really in depth. Um, really kind of laser focused analysis of case volume and what customers are doing with our product and where that's causing difficulty. Um, that's always an area of focus. We've doubled down on that during this time um, because we know that customers aren't going to be, uh, you know, as focused on, you know, in, in installing new modules or, or, you know, associating, uh, you know, connecting the dots on strategic stuff. Mm. So we've put a chunk of our investment there along the way where we're doing some other, you know, broader enhancement things in reporting and analytics. And, uh, you know, we're, we've got some, you know, enhancements to some job costing stuff to help us go up market a bit. Um, but really, you know, a lot of our time right now is just being spent on how do we drive down the reasons why customers are needing to reach out to us. You know, our, our mission in SMB is to make payroll and benefits invisible and make, uh, you know, core HR and those, those employee facing interactions that matter the most um, exceptional. And so that comes down to a couple things. Most importantly, it comes down to not having the employee walk into the office and either complain to the HR person or the business owner that they went to the doctor and the benefits card didn't work, or they, you know, the, the, the paycheck was wrong. Um, that those interactions are about a great onboarding experience, a great offboarding experience, you know, uh, you know, a great, a great uh, uh, performance management experience, um, you know, engagement. Um, and so we see that as super, super important in this space. I learned a lot, uh, having mostly been an enterprise guy in my career. And really what small, medium-sized businesses want from this stuff is a lot of invisibility. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that, that maps to, I've done a lot of research in the segment and, um, and that, that tends to be um, consistent, right? With, with, uh, with what I'm able to follow through, uh, that's the kind of uh, success story that they, that they tell uh, was what it took off their plate. Um, and, exactly. um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and when they need it, they can go in and, and they can find what they need, but it's, it's, uh, it's being able to, because they're, they're in their business. They're not, they're not, we like to say they're not on the business. Um, so that's, uh, well, well that's good and stuff. One, 
Yeah, and one of the things we learned um, from that, especially with COVID, is that, you know, SMBs don't have the time or, or to keep up on that stuff. You know, bigger companies, they have compliance people, they have, you know, they have folks that track this stuff. Um, you know, COVID lands in your lap at a 200 employee company, you got nothing to work with. You know, they're not spending time thinking about the Warren Act rules or, or uh, you know, you know, the, you know, of course, nobody knew anything about a PPP loan, but when you're that small and in that much chaos, you also don't have any time to figure it out. So um, it really is a great opportunity for us to become a more trusted advisor um, in, you know, at a really critical time. Well, that's great. I think that's a, a excellent goal to have. Um, any, uh, I could keep going on. You're, um, you know, uh, you've got so much experience, and every time I see you, uh, you know, the conversations can can go can go long. Uh, I don't like to let you let you uh, leave, but um, uh, anything that you anything as far as namely where people might find you. I guess the web these days it's largely on, online. Um, the the website yeah. and so forth? Yeah, I mean, our, our team is completely virtual now and will remain that way. Um, you know, it, it'll, the, the whole, the whole uh, remote versus office thing is gonna be really interesting. Mm. I have a very expensive suite of offices in New York City that I probably could not give away if I tried right now, but I'd love to if I could. Um, and uh, and the, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're out there, we're doing our thing. Um, you know, namely.com is the best way to reach us. We've got, uh, great tools to help customers understand who, we're, who and what we're about, as well as, you know, very quickly and very easily get in touch with somebody who can tell them more. Okay. All right. Well, Larry, thank you again for, uh, for taking the time to talk to me today and, and being so transparent with, uh, with your answers. Um, I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity, George. Once again, I want to thank Larry Donovan from Namely for joining us on HR Market Watch and for all of his transparency. You can find Larry and find out more about Namely at namely.com. And I want to thank you for giving me some of your time today here on HR Market Watch. If you are doing something interesting or innovative with HR technology, or if you're developing some interesting and innovative HR technology, please reach out to me. Shoot an email to hrmw, that's hrm like market, w like watch at hrwins.com and we'll start the conversation there. Until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening.